Welcome back to Weston Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Remember, Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season, and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by, get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends, and you can join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse, coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage door guru text line that's you only from sports radio 927 wfnz the exclusive home of the charlotte sports fan we appreciate everybody for joining us one o'clock a couple more hours to go on wesson walker scott fitterer had some comments that he was talking about just this team maybe being one qb away david newton on espn he wrote how the time is now for the Carolina Panthers, and they believe that. You can see that, too, through some of the moves that they made this offseason. He said, why the Panthers believe the roster is ready to compete with a rookie QB, especially the number one overall pick. Wes, I did kind of laugh at this comment, though. Here's what Scott Fitterer said. Quote, if you're going to go with the young QB, you have to have a running back. You have to have a tight end. You have to have the receivers. We feel like we have the offensive line. Everything we've done the last couple years is build a defense, build an offensive line. So when we get to that position, we can drop someone in. We're in that position right now. Like, okay, so they just they have a full roster. They're good. They don't have a weakness. Just funny, like <laughs> yeah. Scott Fitter's like, yeah, we got, if you get a rookie QB, you got to have every single position out there on the, on the field. And if you don't, then you've got some trouble. What did you make of Scott Fitterer's comment here? And do you feel like they are just the top overall rookie QB away from competing? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, I'm not with that at all because I think the NFC as a whole, people can look at it on paper and it may not have the quarterback star power that the AFC does. But still, when you look at what teams uh, did last year, now you have to do that with the caveat of knowing that in most years, over half the teams that made the playoffs do not, and there are new teams that are going to infiltrate that. But just when you start to look and you go down the list, well, Philadelphia, we don't expect them to fall off too much. Same with Dallas. Uh, you'd like to think that the Giants and the Commanders will m- probably improve one of those teams. I mean, you look at the NFC North, you're talking Minnesota uh, will be a really good team again. Detroit is coming as well. Uh, who knows how much the Bears could improve with the, with a new roster? You look at the South, like I said, I think that's a one-team playoff uh, division. The Saints right now look to be the class of that. And then you go to the West and Seattle, they could improve some more. They've got a top pick coming off of a playoff season. My Niners, we know what they're about. The Rams, you would expect to maybe try to come back with a vengeance as well. And then who knows with the Cardinals if they can get uh, Kyler Murray back and healthy. So when you look at all those teams, do I feel like when you stack the Panthers up with the roster as constructed right now, are they ready to compete with the San Francisco, with the Philly, with the Dallas, with the Minnesota Vikings? No, I don't see that at all, especially with a rookie quarterback that hasn't seen what the NFL has to offer uh, for them just yet. Um, you know, so that that's why I think that comment is, I'm not going to say laughable, but I think that it's a stretch, I'll say. So, I mean, as far as competing for a Super Bowl, it's laughable. But what about the playoffs? Does that change? How did you view that yeah, comment? Yeah, I'm, I'm even saying that? that as well. Like, even that's what I'm the, saying. Like, when you look at how the playoffs stack up, I mean, you in know. In the I, NFC? I thought we've talked about this before. But well, so I, you, you still think but it's going to be tough. I think New Orleans is going to be the playoff team out of this division, which yeah. will leave the Panthers out. I think this year... Not quite. I think they're getting closer, 
But I think after this season, there's still a couple of tweaks that would need to be made. Mm-hmm. I still think they could use a little bit more uh, dynamic playmakers on that offense. Now, who knows what the draft could bring? But I think they need a couple of guys that are going to be real matchup issues. Or maybe one guy, but I'd say one or two guys on that offense to add that are going to be real matchup problems for teams to really, really make some noise. And then they still need to get more of a pass rush on defense to really, really be a factor where I think that they are just a quarterback away. If they had if they had a nasty pass rush and if they had uh, a couple of dynamic playmakers on offense, then I would say, all right, this team is, you know, just give them a quarterback that can play competent football and they're ready to rock and roll. Which I, Go ahead. Well, no, I think if you compare this team to last year, mm-hmm. the quarterback position was – if not the biggest problem, certainly one of the biggest problems. Top two at the very least. No top doubt three. about it. And this was a Carolina Panthers team that after they got off to an awful start where we all thought that they just might tank. They just might tank all the way through the season and get one of these top four picks. But they had to trade up to go get it. Their season only ended in the second to last week. They did control their own destiny. Now they lost and eventually they weren't able to compete in the playoffs. But they were close to beating Tampa Bay the second to last week. And then eventually they did beat new Orleans in the last week for a possible shot at getting to the postseason. Now new Orleans gets better with a quarterback. They got Derek Carr, Tampa Bay got worse. And that was the team that did get to the postseason with the NFC South. And so no Tom Brady enter Baker Mayfield, Tampa Bay certainly gets worse. And we can do this game all day long as far as what the NFC is concerned, but Carolina, no doubt got better. I mean, that's, that's easy to see the defense. I, I don't know how much better they are, but I like Von Bell. You know, I like Brian Burns being back for sure. And you not trading them, right? That was a real conversation that we had throughout the regular season last year. If Carolina was that close to competing for a playoff spot, and now you did all of what you did this off season, you have the coaching staff that is widely celebrated and you're going to have your choice of quarterback at number one overall Yeah, I have zero problem saying they're going to be competing for a playoff spot right here, and it's why I think they've really done a very nice job. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going to let you get away with that. I don't know what I got away with, so I don't even know. I didn't know I got away with anything. (laughs) You said compete for a playoff spot. Yeah. No, what what Fitter is alluding to, and I think the crux of this conversation is, are they a quarterback away from being – a contender because that's what I took away. Like a playoff can competing for the playoffs. Yeah, they can compete for the playoffs. Like here's my thing. If if you're in the playoffs, you're a contender. And if you win the division, guess what? You gotta host a playoff. You get to host at least one playoff game. That's where I'm at with it. Are they a quarterback away from doing what Fitty's described? Yes, they are. Yeah. From from winning the Super Bowl? No, no, no. For, not for winning the Super Bowl, but from, from, from competing for it? Yeah, from getting into the playoffs and being yeah. making some noise, being a contender. Look, uh, sometimes, man, this happens to us sometimes. We can, we, we, start, oh, we can clarify. We can clarify. We start to argue about semantics a little bit. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. it goes into loud noises. That's what we like. And, and so, for well, me. that's what I like. No, but th- this is what <laughs> I was trying to clarify earlier, yeah. though. We have talked about their ability to compete for the playoffs. I, if, if people have Carolina in the playoffs this year, mm-hmm. I am not going to be surprised, and I'm not going to have a problem with that. You're right. We do have to see what happens with the draft. We do have to see what happens leading up to the actual regular you, season. You already Because you already competed for the playoffs in a weak division. Like that, That's already 100%. been established that you compete for the plus. But now teams are making improvements. I think the Saints have definitely improved a lot. By and then when you look over though, the rest – 
That's what I'm saying. So I think okay. that with the Panthers, if you drop in a quarterback, is this team ready to compete right now, get into the playoffs, and make some noise? Yes. I think they're ready okay. to compete right now and make some noise. I'm with that. Yeah, I have no problem I'm saying that. I'm good with that. that. That's it, all I wanted to hear. Yeah, if you want to say that they aren't going to compete for a Super Bowl, I differ a little bit from Fiddy. I don't think that any team that gets into the postseason, yeah. you know, like – I know that there are teams that made it in the wild card that have gone on to reach the Super Bowl. I think those wild card teams are also better wild card teams than your under 500 bad teams, right? Like I don't think those 7 to 9 teams of your past, of years past that would get in or even Carolina, right? Remember when they got in? They won a playoff game though. Yeah, but they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. And so can you see that happening time and time again? For them to win that many games in a row to actually win a championship. That's why I differ from you a little bit. But I do think they can absolutely get to the postseason. And especially in the NFC altogether. It's one thing to say the division is weak. That's absolutely true. But the conference is weak. The conference is nowhere near what the the NFC NFC is. Yeah, the NFC is weak. I don't think so. I think the NFC is weak. There are two legitimate teams on paper that you look at and say they have legitimate Super Bowl aspirations. That's Philly. Because of the roster, but different coaching staff, they're, you would imagine they're going to regress. San Francisco, because of the roster and stuff like that. Everything after those two teams? No, who, who I'll put y'all look? in the mix. Hell no. No, Dallas is definitely in the mix. They made, they've made, <laughs> what what they, have they done to be in the mix? Uh, which receiver was? Oh, yeah, they added uh, Cooks, Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I, think that's, big, I think that's a big ki- pickup. You get Tony Pollard back healthy. He's going to get a chance for a full season to show what he can do. If they get in a draft and draft B. John Robinson from Texas, along with that pass rush that they have that's disgusting, and they made – didn't they pick up somebody in the secondary of significance too? Yeah, their quarterback is Dak Prescott, and their head coach is an ogre. Yeah, but but regardless of what you think, Dallas is still, as far as that's concerned, they've gotten to the playoffs. (laughs) They did compete with San Francisco for the most part. They made a couple mistakes here and there that, that changed the game. But Dallas is a Super Bowl contender in the NFC and a formidable team. They can compete with anybody on a, on a Sunday basis. Please. Their roster's loaded. Please save this sound bite. Yeah, I don't their think we'll roster's ever loaded, man. That ever again. Yeah, Dallas' roster's loaded. But we're not going to hear you admit that ever again, though. Like, that's something that's not no, going to I'll admit the fact, like, that's a loaded roster. Dallas is for sure a Super Bowl contender. Okay, fair. Compare it to the AFC. If, murders you, row over if, there. if you think the NFC is not weak, then you think the NFL right. is in a so look, awesome spot altogether. Buffalo, they're Super Bowl contender, but they've proven to be chokers. But Buffalo, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna argue right. for Dallas, they're then chokers. you gotta put on the same right. cape for Buffalo. You like right? Yeah, 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 for sure. They're okay. kind of in that similar boat. All right. So you, if you look at real deal Super Bowl contenders, I say out of AFC East, you got Buffalo. If the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, if that ever happens, okay, you can perhaps add them to the mix. Which is a big jump All for right. one team. Cincinnati, Kansas City. What about Baltimore with Lamar? What about Baltimore with Lamar if he goes back? Baltimore with Lamar, friends. You can go You can go with that as well. So four. With five with, five. with Baltimore. Five. Which is, which is a lot of Super Bowl contenders. And then in the NFC, I got Philly, Dallas, the 49ers. That's the list. That's three. But either one of those three teams in the NFC, well, maybe Dallas is a somewhat on the outside looking in, but San Francisco and Dallas can go into a Super Bowl as a legit, like I said, that that's going to be a 50-50 game, whoever they play. Like, either one of those teams can win the Super Bowl. And, and so so it sounds like, and I mean, it could be true that the NFL is just in a great spot right now. Yeah, I don't think the is, NFC is weak by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's They may not enough. have the quarterback star power that the AFC has, but... 
still, when you look at some of these guys, they still got some unproven. When you talk about some of those quarterback stars, look at what uh, my boy uh, Justin Herbert. Look at what he did. He choked off a lead this year, and he still got a lot to prove. Trevor Lawrence still has a lot to prove. Uh, you know, Kenny Pickett with the Steelers, he's got a lot to prove. So there's I mean, there's still yeah. some teams over there. Josh Allen still has a lot to prove in the playoffs because he gets in the playoffs and turns into a different player. So yeah. I get yeah, the one I, guy you can bank on over there is fifteen. But that and that's fine. Well, and, 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 but that's, and Burrow. And Burrow. But, I but, give you that. But but even and that's fine. Just the same thing can be applied for the teams that you mentioned in the NFC too, right? Like the the same things can be applied there. So yeah. that, that's, that's what I'm saying. saying is I don't more... think the AFC is head and shoulders over the NFC. All right, 704-570-9610. Do you think the AFC is head and shoulders above the NFC? Feel free to share your thoughts and comments. Let's go back to the Charlotte Hornets side of things. LaMelo, he talked about his future. He said he's taking it day by day and that he really can't tell the future. Are you worried that star LaMelo could be leaving at some point in the near future? We'll talk about that next. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. No, folks, we did not warp Goody Mob Cell Therapy. That is Travis Scott off of the Oh, really? Wow, I thought classic it classic album Astro World. Okay. All right. I love that song. When I heard it, I got so excited the first time I heard it. But you are back. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on the Garage Door Guru text line. Do you like oh. uh, cell therapy better or this version? You can let us know that and other things as well. You got to go cell therapy, right? I mean, I don't look. I, I'm, Oof, that, does I that sound too, Scott, but cell therapy for sure. Does that man. sound old head of me to just immediately no, assume not, people should no, say cell no, therapy? No, not at all. That, it's a very, uh, when you listen to the lyrics of that song as well, too, very... I mean, a very eerie. Dark. Yes, eerie. Yes. Eerie, especially the hook. Thing. Yeah. Especially well, the when hook. When you listen to the lyrics as well, they were very much conspiracy theorists for sure, Goody Mob was. And that <laughs> the, song is definitely all about that. They, Goody Mob, man. I mean, you wanted to hear something different. Goody Mob was going to give they it to great. you. Yeah. So they therapy is my vote. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's all good. Don't forget to follow us on those socials. Wesson Walker Twitter, WFNZ Twitter, WFNZ Instagram, and all of our personal Twitters. Walker is at Walker Mail. Mine is at Westcott Range on Twitter, Westcott Range 704 on Instagram, and HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram. So hit all those up if you got the time uh, while you're sitting there eating your sandwich, a double quarter pounder, whatever it is you got going, uh, hit us up. All right, conspiracy theory uh, is a great kind of segue for this one because LaMelo Ball talked yesterday to Hornets, end of season, everybody doing exit interviews, talking to the media, and when asked about his future with the Hornets, he said that he is taking it day by day and that he can't really tell the future. Now, I took from this two things. I'll get everything started. Text line, I want you to blow up on this one with your conspiracy theories. But I felt like LaMelo, one, laid down the gauntlet for the Hornets. Coach Clifford said that it is imperative, critical for the Hornets to win to keep LaMelo Ball. Then LaMelo Ball comes with his comments saying taking it day by day, he can't really tell the future. I think LaMelo's laying down the gauntlet for the Hornets that you better get ready to start winning now or you're going to lose me. And I also think 
uh, that he is giving some Easter eggs because, like I said, especially the day by day, I love Easter eggs. I love especially movies that are franchises going on YouTube to watch videos about Easter eggs. And I think that LaMelo was dropping us some coming off of Easter. Okay. Okay. So um, I think, like I said, LaMelo's telling you, look, you got to get this thing going or I'm going to be out of here. What say you, Walker Man? Um, can I tell you a story about Easter egg hunting real quickly? Yeah. It was one of the more embarrassing moments of my life. Okay. In first grade. We're always here for an embarrassing moment. In, in first grade, you know how we just had the participation trophies taken away by legislation and what was it, Henderson? I forget what it was. I forget the whole story. But either way, okay. I got the equivalent of a participation trophy when the first grade class went to the local park we all had a big old huge easter egg hunt i actually won a prize for finding the least amount of easter eggs in first yeah it was bad sorry roy it was really bad i didn't mean to disappoint <laughs> you so anyways anytime we talk about an easter egg hunt i'm just brought back to that embarrassing moment in my life how many did you find i think three I think three. Yeah, it was real bad. Was it and, that hard? And people were going crazy. Well, I'll tell you what happened. I actually had probably a handful in the basket that I had, but then I dropped it. And I was so I was doing poorly already, but then I dropped the five that I did have. So then I had to scramble, had to call an audible, found three. And then I won like this little rabbit thing. And, and everybody was doing the whole like being last in the race. Yeah. Good for you, Walker. Yay. Hey, hey <laughs> let's go. You say you want more. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, oh like that. Troy. Dynamic. Oh, why did that give me hype? After losing a first grade contest. Yes. Yeah. Walker is past Troy. Okay. Is he leaving Easter eggs? Look, if it's the gauntlet, it's a pretty weak gauntlet. Mm. That seems strong to me. I do think that there is a little pressure applied to the Charlotte Hornets organization. Mm. If he wanted to throw down the gauntlet, I think Lamella would say, we got to get better. Otherwise, I'm going to keep my options open, just as anybody might do in the position that I'm in. And we're going to have to figure it out what what goes by day by day, right? If you wanted to have a little bit of his comment here, that would be something a little more eye-opening. I think here, he tells you how much he loves it in Charlotte still. He says he loves it over here. But you can't tell the future and that he's going to play it day by day. I do think there's a little bit of pressure. It is not overwhelmingly so telling you how much he loves it here, how much he wants to spend his offseason here. And we've heard a lot of that in the past. But yeah, Wes, I do think there's clear pressure provided to the Hornets organization, and there should be. I don't have any problem with what LaMelo said. If you're a young star and this Hornets organization is now the team in the NBA that has gone the longest without winning a playoff series, without having reached the playoffs, it's been a long time. I have zero problem with what LaMelo is saying as a star. It's the first time we've really had somebody of this stature in Charlotte in a long time. And so now we're going to have the drama that comes with it. Each team, each franchise is tasked with that responsibility. The clock starts ticking immediately upon you finding out, oh, okay, we have a star that is like 20 years old. Mm -hmm. That's what happens with Dallas. And now everybody is worried as a Mavericks fan that he just might get up out of there. So now with LaMelo, find enough pressure. It's not a crazy amount, but you do have to act with some sense of urgency if you're Mitch Kupchak and company. Now, for one, I'll ask you that with LaMelo, even if he was to lay down a serious gauntlet, do we expect with his personality for him to do that? Maybe this is his way of doing it because when they did ask him about Coach Clifford's comments, he said, for sure, the main thing is winning. Life is better when you win. And Mm -hmm, so I think that he was, I'm not going to say passive aggressively, but I think that was LaMelo's way 
of doing that because I don't think it's in his personality to get up there and really be serious about much of anything. I think it would have to be something catastrophic for LaMelo to get up there and be serious, Sam, okay? Um, you know, a serious Steve or whatever, you know, double S you want to like go with you alliteration. To give us more analysis. Yeah, on the whatever name. one you want to go with. You know what I'm saying? I like and saying so, the best. Serious yeah. Satchel. If it's, okay, no, no, yeah. yeah. Serious Satchel so, out here. I like so I that guess too. I would say, um, do we feel like this is the beginning of the process of LaMelo flexing his star power? Maybe a little bit. In the way that, I mean, it's funny, too. Here we are talking about this, not necessarily. Because Coach Clifford is feeling the pressure, apparently. About just as far as him keeping his job? No, for him to say that we need to start winning if we want to keep LaMelo. I think he's starting to feel a little bit of the heat, and I think the organization is as a whole. Well, the, the problem is that this isn't new. Right, we're not learning anything new from these comments. Of course, it starts with Lamelo. Th- this is why we've had this conversation for the last couple of years. Steve Clifford saying we need to start winning games if we want to keep Lamelo. Isn't that just kind of the narrative surrounding every star player in the league? This is the day and age of the association as it currently stands. So I'm not learning anything new. Steve's right. You do have to start winning in order to keep Lamelo. You can't just c- keep on. Throwing out teams that are not even reaching the play-in tournament or not even reaching the playoffs and expect LaMelo to just be fine. LaMelo is going to agree to the contract extension. He is going to get that money because it's un- it's literally unprecedented. No rookie has ever turned down the rookie max extension. So now the question is, can you make him happy enough to not seek a trade, to not demand a trade? And that's what we're all worried about. So at least you have some control You do have the money to help you out. You have a little bit of time, but it doesn't mean you can't act with any urgency. And Steve Clifford knows that. The fans know that. We've talked about this for too long. The media knows that. So I don't think we learned anything new with this. We just know that the pressure is here, and hopefully the team can actually put out a winning product sooner rather than later. How many rookies, or do you think of guys that are projected to go in the top three to four, besides Wimby, do you think uh, would make LaMelo happy as a new addition because you seem to, you know, you got some knowledge about some of the top guys up there. Do you think, how many guys do you think would make him happy about the direction of this program if they uh, brought them in? I like Wimby a ton, of course. That goes without speaking. I've talked about how much I like Scoot Henderson, and I think those two guys in the backcourt would be a lot of help. Mm-hmm. Brandon Miller, I'm not too worried about Brandon Miller. I know some people are really disappointed with his NCAA tournament outing. I just think when you talk about three games and then holding that against them as far as what they're projected to be in their entire NBA career seems a little foolish to me. We're talking three games, and you're not going to draft a talent like that because of that. If you have your whole evaluation beforehand, and you're trying to encompass everything that he did his first year at Alabama, and you're already out on him because of that, fine. But I still like Brandon Miller. I, I mean, look, the real thing is we don't know, and so... Yeah, got to swing for the fences here. There's not too many times, even with the Charlotte Hornets being as bad as they are, that you're going to be picking this far up in the draft and have LaMelo on the roster, right? Because think about everything that had to go wrong this year. Everything did. Miles Bridges didn't play. Your fringe all-star. Gordon Hayward, he played 50 games, which is about what you could expect, to be honest with you, and that still wasn't good enough, but... You had Kelly Oubre. I think people expected him to take a big step up, and he did, but he missed time. So many dudes missed time. And now you're here in the fourth best odd spot to where you could possibly get 3-2 
and maybe even one. Swing for the fences, get the star power, draft that guy. Hopefully you can have a situation where Lamella was your third overall pick a few years back. You pair him with another top prospect, and those guys can be two stars on whatever contender you want to label them as going towards the future. Now, when you look at NBADraft.net, it has the Hornets drafting fourth, drafting a Taylor Hendricks, which is a 6'9 power forward slash center out of Central Florida. Now, I feel like, personally, you already have a 6'9 power forward slash center on your roster. Uh, His name is P.J. Washington. So, uh, I think that would be a, a little disappointing if you Fourth brought in. overall? That's what NBADraft.net has as far as the the twenty their 2023 mock draft. They've got that. They have Scoot Henderson, your boy, going third to wow. San Antonio. And then Brandon Miller going second to Houston. And then Wimby going to Detroit. So, I'm just saying if that situation played out, because I guess I'm starting to get to what does uh, starting to put LaMelo at ease look like? Does it look like I don't think a draft pick like Taylor Hendricks uh, is going to get him that excited. So I guess we go into then, if you're outside of that top two to three to get one of these guys, how imperative do you think it is to bring back a Miles Bridges, who we know the friendship that he has with LaMelo? Would that be a good start towards uh, – from and, and just kind of putting everything everybody feels with him personally to the side, but would that go a long way as far as – uh, easing LaMelo. I, I'm sure LaMelo wants Miles back. Those guys were very good friends. We heard him speak about this media day coming into the season where they were hoping they can get him back. I mean, that people criticized him for it. You know, LaMelo spoke about it, wasn't asked about it in his exit day here. There's not been really anything new that's come about. We do have a verdict on it. We do have a no contest plea, I should say. Mm-hmm. But now we're we're just waiting for the NBA to come down with the suspension. I do think if you're just asking, does Lamelo? Do I think Lamelo wants him back? For sure. And so if you're if the whole goal is to make Lamelo as happy as possible, then Miles Bridges coming back would make sense in that regard. Clearly, there are things as to why it does not make sense to bring him back. But if it's all about Lamelo, then that does make sense to me. And he is a good player on the court. Miles Bridges is a good player, and I think the Hornets really suffered without him. And Mitch Kupchak told you at the deadline when he spoke to media that he thinks they really suffered without him. So, yeah, I think that is something that would help LaMelo stay. Now, we've lost LJ. We've lost Zoe. We've lost some stars in our franchise's history. But if you aren't able to retain LaMelo and end up having to trade him at some point, would that easily be the biggest uh, loss in Hornets history? Yeah, I can't think of one that's bigger. I mean, you know, because the thing about losing Alonzo and LJ – Bob Bass was awesome at getting another star in there afterwards. Yeah. It very sell RIP Bob Bass because you talk about losing Alonzo, but you get back Glenn Rice. Okay, so then you get back Glenn Rice. Some of the craziest statistical years we've had in Hornets history. The dude shot forty-seven percent from three on high volume in that day and age. Forty-seven. It melts my brain. You trade him before he gets older and not nearly as effective. Who do you get? Eddie Jones. An all-star year. Then you trade Eddie Jones. Who do you get? Jamal Mashburn, PJ Brown, right? So, like, what? I think that's correct. I think that's the way that that sequence happened. So it would be Lamelo because if you lose him, then do you feel good about getting what what is a hundred percent on the a hundred cents on the dollar? Yeah, I think I think like, you would get a, yeah, I think you would get a pretty healthy return if you did end up having to trade him. 
it'd be draft picks, but I think you definitely aren't going to trade him and not get an all-star, at least an all-star caliber player in return. I don't think well, the point is No, but you probably would, right? Because if you got an all-star player in return, then that would mean you're trying to go for it. And if you're going for it, that means you don't trade LaMelo. And so I, I guess if he's demanding a trade. Yeah, if he gets to the point where he's like, no, no. Like it, pulling a Harden-esque. The, I guess, do you think that the Hornets could really be in playoff contention without LaMelo? And I don't think so. So if you were to trade and, and LaMelo is demanding that trade, I, I think probably if that happens, you're looking to bottom out at that point. I mean, maybe you feel good about your roster outside LaMelo mm-hmm. to get another all-star and then compete. But I doubt it. I, I think the odds are that you would just go ahead and bottom out if he demands a trade. Man, I'm I'm trying to think of how many deals because some of the recent I'm trying to think of how many deals where an all-star player was traded and then they didn't at least get a high-quality player in return, well, if not an all-star. Well, look, New Orleans traded Anthony Davis, and they got picks. They got Brandon Ingram, not proven yet, young. Yes, but, but you know he was kind of an up-and-coming star. I don't think it was 100%, but I liked Brandon Ingram. Yeah. I liked Brandon Ingram. So, you know, you got him, you got Julius Randle. You got a, a, a healthy package back in return, but yeah. even Julius... And that's what I was all, saying. At least all-star range type of players, but younger players. Yeah. You're, you're, I guess okay, fair. You, you might get younger players that have that ability to get an all-star appearance later down the road. But I don't think you're competing for a playoff appearance. At no, 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 not at all, not at all. But I'm just saying, I think that they the would at least want some, some the talent package be back. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, to our first round draft pick, Josh Fitty Marlowe, giving us his second flash. <laughs> what overall selection is day. he? Are you drafting him first? Uh, I'm one of one, baby. Is he Wimby? I don't know, man. I, I feel like Shrobby's got that Anthony Richardson type effect, man. He's got a lot of intangibles. And, okay. Yeah, with that hair, yeah. he looks about as ridiculous I, as AR does. I, I, <laughs> I, I think you're the first overall pick, Fitty. I do. In the yeah, supplemental I'd still draft. take him first. Okay. Oh, you guys missed it. I just burned him. Who I wouldn't have taken first to be the commissioner of the ACC was Jim Phillips. <laughs> oh. And today he got a three-year extension. Yes. So he is... He has done such a great job running this conference into the ground that he's got a contract extension. What did you guys make of the ACC giving their leader a new three-year contract earlier this morning? Well, you know I work with the conference. You know I ain't touching that, Fitty. I like, <laughs> I like this Phillips. This is a public forum. I get it, but I see these people in money, my dealings. Man. You know what I'm saying? Bring, bring them in studio. You yeah, but they don't, keep the same they don't energy. rap with you. But no, I like Phillips. Phillips is my man. And I, and I think at this point, they weren't going to make a change with everything they got going on. They're moving to Charlotte now, moving to offices and stuff like that. So they're going to keep him intact to lead them through this and uh and beyond. So well, we'll see how it goes. But I don't have an issue with it. And I'm not saying that to kiss up because that's not my deal. But I'm just saying I like Phillips and I think it's fine. Well, I mean, the the fans are not happy with it, though. And isn't that interesting that ACC fans all across the board, they have such a strong opinion on their commissioner here where they're not thrilled about this long-term extension, Fitty being one of them. But he is a man of the people in this instance. There are a lot of people that are not thrilled with Jim Phillips getting this extension. <laughs> no doubt about it. So when we come back, we're going to talk more NBA playoffs. It's that time playing games tonight. Is this LeBron's last stance with the Lakers or last stand? Could they go all the way? That and more. This is the Western Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's Wes and Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Walker Mail, Wes Bryant, Josh Fitty Marlowe, and I am surprised 
to find out what I just did about Fiddy. And we've talked <laughs> about this a little bit. But Fiddy, as we know, is one of the utmost hatred for LeBron. He's got that for LeBron James. Both of you don't like him. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Fiddy acknowledges if Bronny was drafted by New York and LeBron James holds true to his to his stance about going to whatever team drafts Bronny, I told Fiddy that I hope New York drafts LeBron James. And then he said, oh, buddy. If LeBron James goes to New York, I will make the biggest heel turn of all time and gloat in front of everyone if they get LeBron. But see, Fiddy, I'm surprised, man. (laughs) I thought your love of Michael Jordan would overrule your love of the Knicks getting what is still a very good basketball player. But here you are making that heel turn. I'm surprised about that. Yeah, no, MJ's biggest regret from his NBA career was that when he came out of retirement, he didn't play with the Knicks. He wanted to play in New York and MSG. It would like even if LeBron became a Nick, it would not overthrow. Like he would not become the goat. But but I would not hate him for the short amount of time. <laughs> now I still wouldn't watch. I still not watch the NBA. You would get to the playoffs though. You would watch the playoffs, right? I don't know. I I, I went into last weekend did a, did the show Friday with Hoggard saying I want to love the NBA again. Okay. And then I watched the Mavericks actively tank with the playoff spot on the line. Oh, no, that was bad. You know, so like right now, like I think I'm just kind of out on the NBA, like, because who wants to watch that? You got teams actively not wanting to make the postseason to protect a draft pick. What Dallas did was about as gross as it gets. Yeah. No doubt about it. And I, the, the problem is, speaking of doing the quiet part out loud, where we're talking about LaMelo saying, you take this day by day, don't know what the future holds. Dallas kind of did the quiet part out loud when they're not putting out Luka Doncic on the floor and Kyrie Irving isn't playing. And they did the quiet part of literally tanking. And here they are not in the playoffs. And they had a shot. They had a shot to get to that eight spot and also get to the playoffs. And by the way, you're talking about real money being made. If you get to the postseason, you're talking about real money going to, I think there, there are playoff bonuses. I don't, now, I don't know the contract breakdown for a lot of the players on the Mavericks roster, but that's a real, real decision to make for you to possibly get, what, a top 10 pick? I mean, that that is a, a big sacrifice and, and maybe the right one at the end of the day. But man, you talk about what Dallas did. I, I totally get that. I'm excited for these playoffs, though, Wes. I know you are, too. Yeah. And LeBron... He's made the Lakers, along with Anthony Davis, who gets a lot of criticism for being hurt all the time. But Anthony Davis, LeBron James, here they are in the postseason right now. Yes, they're going to have to play in the in the play-in, but they're the seventh seed. They're only a game behind Golden State, right? That That's the way they finish the end of the regular season. Mm-hmm. The Lakers really could make a significant run. Listen, my relationship with LeBron James is a lot like Batman and the Joker. Hate each other, but then can't live without each other, okay? I used to once be a big LeBron James fan, but then definitely turned on him. And now, you know, as his career winds down, the drama that he brings, all the juice that he brings to the NBA, I'm going to miss that. And so I am here for the Lakers making the playoffs. I definitely am here for them. I'm here for them winning. Uh, and playing Memphis in the first round because this is the Lakers team that has been playing really good basketball down the stretch. I know a lot of these young teams are – some of the young guys – 
they kind of don't feel LeBron like that, but I know at this point with the way the Lakers are playing, they have to be a little bit worried. And I think a young team like the Grizzlies, who I would go out on a limb and say, if the Lakers win tonight and get to that seventh seed, they're beating the Grizzlies. I'm sorry. I don't buy into the Grizzlies. I, I'm not a big fan of John Morant like that. He's a great highlight. But I think LeBron, AD, healthy Lakers, they're taking the Grizzlies out. Because when you have veteran teams like the Lakers in the NBA that have been there, done that with some of those guys, they don't care about starting a series in Memphis. They don't care about their crowd. They're going to come in there to play ball. And so, uh, now, I don't think the Lakers are going to win the championship, but I think they're going to be a real problem uh, in the Western Conference. I think the Western Conference playoffs are going to be a lot of fun. I think the NBA playoffs uh, in general are going to be a lot of fun. Can the Lakers go all the way? I don't think they have enough gas in the tank. I like Phoenix in the West if they can stay healthy. But the Lakers are, you know, about to be a problem and bring a lot of drama to the playoffs, which you know I love the sports drama. So I want to hear loud noises from Fiddy, which is why I'm going to ask this question. The question I pose to you, Wes, and the guest line, the garage, excuse me, the garage door guru text line. Where does the NBA playoffs, where do they rank compared to all other sports playoffs? Mm. I want to hear what everybody else thinks about that because people swear by the NHL postseason that it's one of the greatest things out there. I know Fiddy is absolutely going to go with the MLB postseason over the NBA playoffs. Are we counting March Madness too? Yeah, the March Madness. tournament. March Madness can count. March yeah, Madness compares to that. Yeah, for me, you're, you're right about that. Like March Madness is right, is my favorite. Both of you, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> but for me, being a basketball guy, I love the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I'll admit, usually early on. It's boring because usually the best teams will get to the end, and so there's not much drama. Now, once we get to the NBA Finals, once we actually get to the semifinals and the, and the conference finals, I should say, I'm with that. I think that's when you start to really put that up with all the other postseasons. But it's hard to see eight seeds beat one seeds. You, you can see wild card teams in the NFL beat the number one seed. That happens on a much more frequent uh, frequent level than it does in the NBA. And so I admittedly think it there's not much drama early on. But once you get further into the NBA postseason, that's where it starts to hold a lot of weight, and it's awesome to watch. Uh, if I had to rank, NFL playoffs for sure is my first, no question. Then college football playoffs would be second. Even um, with it being just the four games? or Because are we going with bowl season two? Yeah. No, I'm going with the playoffs. Just, just I like to see. You know me. I'm an elitist, so I like the the best teams playing against each other. I don't care if it's the same teams most of the time. I like to see the best of the best uh, play against each other. So I go with the college football playoffs second, uh, NBA playoffs third. Then I would go uh, NCAA tournament. Go March Madness fourth. Yes, that's mine. Yeah, that's his. Are you shocked? I wish I had it. How are you ranking the NBA playoffs? Because I like the best players. Which I don't like to watch. Marathon. I don't like to watch State Farm Insurance guys play against each other <laughs> for three weeks. Did well, you I, just Jake Paul these guys? Yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I like to see NBA. I like to see the no. best of the best. The only thing that saves the NBA player for not being the worst playoff in pro sports is that it's not rigged like the NHLs. The like, NHL playoffs are rigged. Oh, God, okay, yes. interesting theory. Yes. Go ahead. I mean, why, you, why you cannot NHL convince rigged? me that. All the chaos and all the crazy things that happen in the NHL postseason isn't isn't a rigged form to get. It's people a crazy to, sport, though. Yeah, and here's the thing: it's such a great playoff from somebody that right? watch hockey that it's it's rating still doesn't even really show up on the register of of it doesn't outdraw college basketball, it doesn't outdraw college football, it doesn't outdraw Major League Baseball. Like 
That's my thing with all these hockey nuts. But but that's fine, Fiddy. It feels like you're about to paint yourself into a corner as you transition to your love for MLB postseason. Like that. The Here's rating- the thing, though. But you got drama. Last year, you had two teams in the NLCS that were wild card teams. Like playoff baseball is different from regular season baseball. It's a lot like playoff football. It is different. It's so, very different. I, I'm not going to sit here and pound the door that I think it's the greatest. It's not. Nothing beats. Behind the NCAA tournament, the NFL postseason is the best. Yeah, it's awesome. Because it's one and done. The college football playoff sucks. I'm with, I'm with you on the college football playoff being last for me. Yeah, I think with, with all of these. Now, granted, I, I, I'm not the guy to ask for the NHL postseason. I'm just not a big NHL guy. But everybody swears by the postseason who watches it. And so I'm, I'm willing to take that in. But college football playoff, I watch college football. For me, that's not as good as the NBA playoffs. Certainly not as good as the NFL. March Madness is my favorite time of year. It's it's at bar none, my favorite thing postseason for sure. So I'm going college football playoff last, not including bowl season, because what do you even do with that in this discussion? Mm-hmm. Does that count? No. Because, I mean, it is postseason. It's not a tournament. But it's not a tournament. It's a, it's a great nap. But a lot of people love bowl season, though, because there's just college football games on all the time yeah. as the season is done. And so you got different games, different days. It, it's cool. But I don't know if you can really put that in here because you got to have a 500 record, essentially, to make bowl season, to be eligible. Like, you don't even have to be all that amazing. So 704-570-9610. Feel free to text on the Garage Door Guru text line and give your thoughts on that question. Coming up next, one more hour to go. Perhaps, I'm just saying got to stay tuned to find out maybe there's a mel kuyper mock draft melee sneaking in to attack us it's wesson walker (laughs) sports radio 92.7 wfnz